I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Welcome into episode nine of Blue Jays Nation Radio on episode eight. Mr. Cam Lewis, we said, hey, maybe this is a turning point for the Toronto Blue Jays. Maybe they'll go out and stun us and sweep the Atlanta Braves. And we'll be sitting here on Sunday feeling good about ourselves. And we're feeling so good that we brought back Mr. Brendan Kuhn. BK is joining us for the podcast. How's it going, man? Man, fun weekend. Fun weekend of baseball. Uh, appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, it's always a blast when we can uh, have you on the pod. And on a scale of 1 to 10, how how stunned are you that the Jays were able to pull that off against the Atlanta Braves and grab all three wins? Yeah, the uh, two bullpen games heading into the weekend was a little scary, but at the same time, it doesn't matter who throws out of the bullpen these days. Uh, they seem to get results. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, you know, the, the team's starting to hit more, and you figured when they did, good things would happen. Um, but, yeah, to get, you know, three from a, a really good baseball team, I mean, what a, what a successful weekend. Uh, to go into a bit of a, you know, a road trip here. And, and uh, I think 10 games in a row or a continuation of 10. So yeah, really good start to that. Yeah. Coombsy, that was uh, that was a ton of fun. You mentioned it as like a potential turning point for this season. If they can go have a successful weekend and do you, do you still feel that way? Do you feel like this is maybe this Jays team turning a corner? Oh yeah, absolutely. Now that they have kind of their full actual lineup in the mix is such a game changer. It's so nice to see. And I mean, that that felt like them kind of making a statement because you know they were 500 heading into the series or one game below 500 i think and they had kind of waddled to that like it, there was a lot of struggles and they came in and just they just took atlanta down atlanta's good like you know they were one win away from winning, reaching the world series last year and i remember like on the pod the last one we did we were both a little bit down and well, I, I was specifically, and I was like, oh, geez, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of gearing myself up for them winning one game in this series. And they come out and just pound them and win three. And you're like, Ooh, like this, this, this team's maybe arrived. And now they've got a pretty tough test here, hitting the road, going to Oakland and Houston, and then they face the Braves again. So it's a huge road trip, but yeah, plenty of reasons to be excited and optimistic. That's for sure. Especially that second game where you're down, you're down five, two heading into the sort of the back half of the ball game there. And it felt like that alone may have been sort of a pivotal moment for this Jays team. And George Springer arrives and, and I mean, he played a couple of games before that, but it felt like that was the game where he really arrived for this ball club. And, and that's probably a good spot for us to get into three up, three down brought to you by twig and berries. Check them out. Twig and berries 
Ca free shipping in Canada on orders over seventy five dollars. We also got the promo code Nation fifteen, which gets you which gets you fifteen percent off your order, and that's where we're gonna go for uh, the first up. It's just the fact that the bats started rolling, and it's Springer hitting his homers. It's Teoscar looking like the Teoscar we saw for a lot of time last season as well. Uh, BK, what what sort of stood out to you as the most impressive positives from from the batting side of things? Well, Springer's second home run, right? Because it tied the game uh, later in the game. So it was obviously a pivotal home run, but just a no-doubter. Like, he pimped it. He knew it. 470 feet. Hardest hit ball of his career. Um, wow. You cannot Sucks. hit a ball better than that. It just disappears into the night, into the elementary school. Beyond yeah, that's what I was going to say. Night. Into so, the schoolyard. Yeah. So that, I mean, that was just an experience, right? Like, that just felt like, oh, this is what we've been, you know, waiting a month for. Um, and it felt great. So obviously there's, you know, some of the uncertainty now after the, you know, quote unquote fatigue he's suffered from today, but, um, yeah, that just felt like everything we've been waiting for was Springer. He just unloaded on that ball and then they got the win. Um, and he, he was the main reason why they got the win yesterday. So yeah, that, that was the big one. Coomsey, what stood out to you? Well, for me, I was thrilled too, because everybody was so excited about Springer coming back and that was the headline, but one guy who just totally went right under the right, right under the radar is Tay Oscar. And I think, I think so many of us forget that this guy, he won the silver slugger last year and he got MVP votes. I think Tay Oscar yeah. finished seventh last year in MVP probably would have finished a little bit higher. If not for the fact he missed, I think it was like seven, eight, maybe 10 games. Yeah. Like a little bit after the middle of the season. I can't remember exactly, but you know, if Tay Oscar had been fully healthy last year, he could have finished even higher in MVP voting and he comes back, he goes, two for five is just hitting the ball hard. And then another, you know, one for four, another one for four. So in all three games, Tay Oscar has been back batting and clean up there, batting behind Vlad, protecting him in the lineup a bit. He gets a hit, gets on base. He's, you know, just hits the ground running. And now, you know, all of a sudden they've got like another weapon to drive in runs right after Bo and Vlad. And that's like, look at this one, two, three, four. Now, like we finally see it. And it's like, this is really good. The best that we've seen, that's that we've seen on the blue days a one, two, three, four since, you know, the 2015, 16 teams, that's for sure. And it might, I, I, I don't know if I want to go out and make this statement, but maybe it is better than Jose Edwin Donaldson kind of thing that we've seen in the past. Maybe it is. I don't know. I think it's easy maybe. to feel good about the way things are going af- after a sweep, but like, I, yeah, maybe, I don't know. I don't like know. like up, upside wise, when you consider that, like those four, maybe Donaldson aside, were on like the downturns of their career and you look at this group right now and it's like Bichette, Guerrero, Hernandez, they're probably on the upturns here. Like maybe there's yeah. reason to think this group is still, I mean, there's plenty of reason to believe this group is still only going to get better over the next couple of seasons. If they over the next couple and, months, if, fuck it. If, if, look, if they go ahead and sweep Oakland this four game series or take three or four and I'm feeling really good the next time we talk, I'm going to definitively say it's the best one, two, three, four in Blue Jays history. I don't care what anybody says. I'm allowed to say whatever I want. I think the, the multi-year factor, the multi-year potential there is what's key because we only had 2015 from that group of four where they were all yeah. lights out. Um, Russell Martin really started to regress with the bat after that first year. And Chris Colabella. And, uh, Edwin and Jose. Yeah. It, 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 Why wasn't Colabella able to sustain what he was doing? Jeez, I don't know. He's still trying to find the real killer. <laughs> trying to figure out who. Spiked who, my Fruit Loops. That's what he, yeah. he's going to find one day. Who one day the, he will learn. Who put that weird Eastern European performance enhancer in his cereal that one morning and tricked him so that he lost his spot. Somebody's conspired against him. One day we'll figure it out. One day. 
we'll get to the bottom of the mystery. The uh, the other bat that we we didn't touch on there. How about Alejandro Kirk before he went down uh, with with again another fucking injury for this Jays team? Like add it to the list, but Kirk going off for his first multi homer game of his career. Um, that is a stark contrast to what we were getting from Danny Jansen before Game Three of this series, at least, right? Yeah, yeah Danny Jansen. Uh, nice to see him get a couple of hits today, but that yeah. was a rough stretch. So to see uh, Kirk, what felt like kind of take the reins there, and he got two starts in a row, which I don't think had happened this year yet. So it was nice to see Charlie reward that, and it kind of felt like a turning of the tide and the idea that he's going to become the guy. Um, and the bat we all believed in anyway. So it's just nice to see him go and do it with the bat. Um, and then to have this injury come up the moment that it kind of felt like he was going to get that opportunity was disappointing, but, uh, yeah, hopefully it's not too long. Exciting to see what'll happen when he comes back. And the, the, that leads in nicely to our second up for three up three down, which is Danny Jansen busting out of his slump. Uh, Cam, when I'm looking at Jansen down Oh, two with a runner in scoring position going up against Ian Anderson, I'm like, there's no way this guy like probably makes contact with another pitch and this at bad and L he puts one right up the middle, scores a run, fairly big run at that point in the game as well. It was nice to see DJ snap out of that slump. Yeah, it was a, you can tell it's just like a huge weight off oh, of his yeah. back. Like the, the struggle that he was going through, <laughs> you just felt so bad for the guy because the thing with Jansen is like, he's doing a lot of things right at the plate. I mean, like he's still taking walks. He doesn't really swing at that many terrible pitches. This is not like a Kevin Pillar cold streak where he swings at literally everything, just whiffing and whiffing and whiffing. You know, Jansen's taking his walks. Like he had, there'd been other times during the streak over there or the, 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 the cold spell over the past few weeks where he was, you know, barreling up on balls and hitting them right at a guy. Like, was it in the Tampa series where he hit it at that one guy and the guy's glove came off, mm, but the guy yeah. still made the play. So yeah, it was nice. And you know, the, the, the guys on the bench were all like super excited for him. And it's just like, it's just nice to see. I mean, Jansen's not, he's not a terrible hitter. You know, he, I, I don't know if he's ever going to come around and be the guy that, you know, we saw in his rookie season, he was hitting quite well. I think he's going to be more of a glove first catcher in the major leagues ultimately, but you know, he's not going to hit below a hundred. He's obviously going to come back and it's nice to see that finally happening. I will, uh, whenever I saw Jansen struggling, I thought back to the days of Josh Tolley. And I remember I was, again, <laughs> me showing my rather young age here. I remember being at a series of games in Seattle and Josh Tolley was batting like 0.095. And he got a hit and it shot his batting average up to like 170. And I was like, God, that really, like 15-year-old me or however old I was. I was like, man, this guy is really not that good with the bat if one AB <laughs> shot him up. Like they're doubled his batting average. Uh, the third up we have for three up, three down, and it was maybe lost a little bit in the 13 run explosion in game one of this series. But Robbie Ray put together another solid game. He goes six and two thirds in game one, only gives up two earned, racks up five strikeouts as well. It's starting to look more and more like this guy can be a really, really good number three for this rotation. Hey, BK. Yeah, I mean, I don't believe he's walked the guy in two starts, which is an impossible reality for Robbie Ray. So um, he, he looks phenomenal. And I, you know, with, with the tight pants and the way he's wearing that jersey, the cuff, cuffed arms, yeah, I mean, he looks phenomenal. But his stuff is wicked right now. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you're, getting, if you're getting Robbie Ray, and it's not going to be this extreme, but if you're just getting him where he's not walking everybody, he's an effective pitcher when he's – looking like a guy who's, you know, it has a complete command of, of uh, his control, then you're not going to get hit. So it's going to be very rare opportunities for the opposition to do anything with it. 
Um, and that's super encouraging. He's, he's had one walk field start coming, you know, off of an injury. And other than that, he's been really, really good. You went from walking everyone to walking nobody. It's it's it, you're right. It's quite the fucking turnaround for this guy, uh, Cam. And your thoughts on the big performance again from Robbie Ray? One thing I think we need to touch on with Robbie Ray is how entertaining it is to listen to him just loudly grunt. He yells he like it's it's. Screams. I love it. Yeah, it's so good. I find myself like sitting on the couch like grunting along with him. Yeah, like whenever I kind of shift positions and I'm like, oh, uh. like I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just going along. He's with just it. the whole vibe. He gives us outside of just his pitching. Everything about him on the mound is just fun. It's just different. He's got all these unique attributes. I think he's trying to brand himself. I think he wants to turn himself into a brand and that's why he's got all these <laughs> unique things going for him. He's definitely, yeah, he's definitely like, I'd say like debatably maybe is he think he's the best looking guy on the blue Jays with the tight pants and everything. Like we're just talking about pure aesthetics, like how well he dresses, how good he yeah, looks he's out be there. Best, best, just best looking out there. Yeah, Springer's up there. Great check. Yeah. Great yeah. in the conversation. Like good looking guys on the team, actually. Bo with the hair. Like this yeah. is, this is, we're off in a weird subject area here, but this is a very good looking baseball team, right? Like Tao's team. smile, man, when you get Tao's smiling. Yeah. yeah. Oscar smiling. Great, great good stuff. Guy. You got yeah, the couple of wild cards in there that balance everything out. Like Lourdes Gurriel with his hair. Guy too. Jordan Romano with the beard. That's cool. We're going to put out a poll question brought to you by skip the dishes. Is there a bad looking Toronto blue Jay? I don't everyone, so. everyone is charming in their own regard, right? And Hunjin Ryu is super charming looking guy too. He's adorable. That video they put out, um, the blue Jays put out this video the other day with the, all the guys were dancing. It was national dancing day and Ryu's dance was like the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I thought he was going to do, I was kind of hoping he was going to do Gangnam style, but <laughs> this gives us another chance to give some love to the Toronto Blue Jays social media team, who I'm convinced is one of the best in the majors. Like the content they churn out is always so good. It gives you such an like interesting peek behind the curtain. Yeah, they're um, crushing I'm, it this year. I'm also going to use this opportunity to sharply turn away from the talk about how good looking the Blue Jays are on a physical aspect and uh, move into the downs for three up, three down, which I hate doing. When we're coming You're off a so series, negative. I know, I know. You demand but, that we do this. I'm just like, why don't we talk about nine positives? And you're yeah, like, yeah, you no. wanted to go six up, zero down. I would um, go six up, zero down, but there is some downs. Yeah, we'll and we'll be quick Life on the downs. Easy. We yeah. we got Springer might be injured again, and and last time on the pod cam we had the down that was, you know, can we trust this organization when it comes to giving us reliable injury news? And this Springer thing really feels like another moment where it's like, do we trust them? Do we believe that Springer is just fatigued or is this something we should be concerned about? Yeah, I don't know. That's that's what's weird is, you know, this has happened so many times already. We've talked about this last podcast too. And I mean, you know, when Ray went down or when Ryu went down, sorry, it was, oh, like he feels fine. Like he's not going to miss a start. And then he ends up going on the injured list anyway. And then it was, you know, back in spring training. Ah, Springer could be ready for opening day if all goes well. well that didn't happen. And then, you know, Pearson's supposed to be minor. He's out for forever. Thomas Hatch, don't even know what's going on there. Merriweather, like, have we had an update on that recently? No. And it's like, you know, maybe I'm being melodramatic, but it's a little jarring. Like, every time now I see that there's a Jay that's injured, I'm like, I don't just expect that it's going to be okay anymore. Yeah, and I think that's almost fair the way things have gone this year. Like, I was sitting there this weekend kind of looking over things, and I'm like, oh, my God, like, we've it feels like a century ago that julian merriweather was pitching as well as he was and all of a sudden he just sort of disappeared onto the il and the injury issues have been a problem 
is the Springer thing bothering you, BK? Like, does that still kind of sit funny with you? Or do you think it actually is just like, ah, they wanted to give him some rest at the end of a series? Well, it is strange. Like, uh, like Cam was saying, it's just, you, you figure they should under promise and over deliver with injuries, but instead they like this like ambiguity and this like hockey style reference to injuries, and making <laughs> it seem, which I just don't think matters in baseball. Um, and ultimately, I mean, who cares if we know the stat? Like, it, it means nothing to us, the status of an injury. We, you know, we'll hope on certain things, but really it only matters to the player and the team. But I just don't know why it needs to be this way. With Springer, I mean, who knows, right? Like, well, I guess we'll see tomorrow. He's going to travel with the team, obviously. And, um, yeah, I mean, if he's in the lineup. Houston that, coming up. Houston, sorry? they're in Houston. They're in, they're in Houston this yeah. week, so you'd think he, he'd want to play that, yeah? Like. Yeah. And I mean, I I think at any point Springer wants to be in the lineup. So, you know, for him to make this decision today, it's, you know, it's not some, it's obviously not something that's taken lightly and it's being presented as, you know, not a big deal. Um, But yeah, I think tomorrow's telling. So Monday, you know, Monday night lineup comes out, that will be telling if he's not on the DDL, but not in the lineup, then we wait for Tuesday. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm hopeful, but we we really don't know how to take the word fatigue in this context, especially with somebody who's had two, two, relatively significant injuries that they've dealt with over the last month. Yeah. Yeah, It just, nothing takes the air like from a fan perspective out of a big free agent signing, like barely getting to watch the guy through the first month and a half of the season. Uh, The second down we have, we're just going to go injuries here and and it's Alejandro Kirk. We touched on it briefly there, but like this is poor timing simply because it's a guy who looked like he was starting to come around with the bat a little bit and cam you wrote down here as well like this ties in a bit to, to riley adams but i mean sure maybe that's like the glass half full thing is like oh riley adams is coming up but like it's shitty that you have to deal with another injury to a guy who is becoming a significant player and playing well yeah i feel bad for the guy because yeah you know i mean as much as we don't want to root against danny jansen and be like oh jansen's been bad mm-hmm. so like it's kirk's time to shine like you know we all we all like Alejandro Kirk, Like he's a, he's a fan favorite. Everyone likes him. He's, mm-hmm. he's cool. Like talking about guys on the team that have a sweet aesthetic, like <laughs> it's another one of those guys who, yeah, I don't know. He's just cool. So it's like, you know, you hit those two monster dingers and it's like, yeah, he's really figuring it out. This is great. Like this guy's going to go on a tear. And then all of a sudden he goes down and it's like, oh, that's unfortunate. But I mean, you know, it's the next man up approach, like Raleigh Adams, decently interesting prospect. So there's another guy who gets a chance to prove himself at the major league level. So that'll be, I don't know, something to watch, I guess, but it is unfortunate losing Kirk because it really did seem like he was, he was ready to pop off. I'm hoping that from the Kirk perspective, they're just taking something that again, this, this goes back to the main conversation of like, what do we believe when it comes to injuries with the blue Jays? But I'm hoping they're sitting there going, you know what? It's bugging him a little bit. Something is a little up. We'd rather lose him for 10 days now than potentially lose him for 30 days in August. Cause we let this thing linger. So Hopefully it, it's just something where, you know, when that 10th day comes, he is back ready to go hundred percent in the lineup. Because I think as we head down the season here, BK, like Kirk's just going to be a guy who becomes more and more and more and more important to this group. Yeah. I mean, that was the expectation going into the year. Um, once he made the team, you kind of felt like he was going to grow into that. And I mean, the schedule the last two weeks has had so many off days in it. So even, even as he was getting more playing time, you still had this like, Oh, you go two days without hitting and then back up at the plate. All these games in a row now, he was going to have an opportunity along with Jansen to just kind of have this timeshare and to, to see a lot more of the field um, on, a, on a nightly basis. So, 
so yeah, it, it's a bummer when, whenever he gets healthy, hopefully it's a short-term thing. He, I think he's going to get his opportunity. I, the, the team showed that just this weekend with the back-to-back starts that we talked about earlier. He's uh, he's a pivotal part to what they're doing. So, and Adams is going to need to play this week, given that they don't have any off days. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, a young noteworthy prospect that the team has with some serious power and a serious bat. And hopefully he takes advantage of his uh, opportunity here. The final down we have was Anthony Castro, who joins the long list of relievers who got off to a great start and how, who now need to go onto the injured list. He was having a great year, but he's one of, I mean, I'm just basically saying the same thing over and over again here. One of five or six relievers who is off to a great start this season, uh, because this concerning it all for you, or again, is this a guy who you think can come back after and just continue to pitch well for this team? Yeah. I mean, pitcher injuries always worry me more than hitter injuries, especially when it's something to the arm or shoulder or elbow, whatever it is. Um, yeah, I mean, this one we know nothing about, right? Cause he didn't pitch yesterday. And then all of a sudden we see him on the injury list. Um, and he's been so good, like just so good hit. The fun thing about watching Castro pitch is he's got this dirty slider that he just pin, pinpoints to either side of the plate. So he throws it inside to a batter or, or tailing away from them. And he just was able to spot it in those bottom left and right quadrants of the plate. Um, so it's f- so fun to watch him pitch. So yeah, I mean, that, that one hurts, and that potentially could be a really serious one. Hopefully it's not. But, uh, yeah, that, one, that one's got me worried, and I'm curious when we'll get an update on that, but not feeling good about the Castro injury. Coomsey? Yeah, the hope, the hope for me is here that it's just one of, those, <clears throat> one of those, like, okay, we've got a young guy who's pitched quite a bit this year. You know, like, that's a lot of reps for a guy who didn't really pitch competitively last year. He was at Detroit's alternate site. And I think he only made his way into one game and maybe it's just one of those things where a little bit of burnouts, they toss him on the 10 day to give him a couple weeks off. That's kind of what I'm hoping. But like you said, anytime that there's an injury with a pitcher and it's forearm, you just, eh, you just don't know what that's going to mean. So let's, let's hope that's um, let's hope that's not a big deal because he's been one of those revelations this year. But again, they have a gazillion different guys pitching in the bullpen doing well. I mean, Chatwood, Phelps, Bill Lease, now Romano's hitting 100 again, so that's great. You know, like Trent Thornton's actually been pretty good in the pen too. Joel Pamps hasn't been bad at all. Like, just it seems everybody they toss out there does quite well, save for, I guess, like Tommy Malone, who's the other injured name we haven't really talked about, but who is Yeah, but we're on. good with that, right? Like, we're okay with Tommy Malone not pitching for a while. How much time do you want a lot to Malone there, Cap? No, <laughs> we don't think we need to talk about that. His left arm shittiness on the disabled list is not a big deal. kind of just is what it is. I just figured I'd mention it because, you know, we're, yeah. <laughs> worth, worth mentioning, I guess. But. <laughs> Yeah, fuck. It's uh, between him and Roark. Like those are kind of the two dark spots oh, this yeah, year. Completely we didn't. We yeah. We haven't. We didn't dig into that at Ooh, all. Like that. Our, we're now good. Like we probably won't see Roar. Like Roark's done now. We got the, our wish. The, Everyone's happy. The, the Roark era has got to be over by now, right? Like there's no way. Like if if they're in this situation where you know they went into a series against Atlanta, everyone's with, hurt. Yeah, yeah. With two bullpen days, and they were like, Tanner Roark is not pitching. Yeah, not pitching. There's no there's spot for him. No, no spot chance. for him given that that was a big tell yeah do you think so we we, we can pretty confidently say no one's going to claim him on waivers because then they'd have to take his money and that's not going to happen but if the jays ate his salary you think they could get like a c-level prospect back that no. i don't even think anyone's doing that <laughs> nope nope is he going to pitch in buffalo or what's going to happen here I think he, well, TFA, so he's just out of the org then likely. Um, so I, I mean, once he passes through waivers, which is a formality, it'll come. 
um, yeah, he'll be, he'll, you know, be a free agent and free to do whatever he wants. So some team will give him a minor league deal um, and he'll pitch in AAA and, and see if he can get the diesel engine back up and going. But yeah, I'm, I'm not all that confident. He sees the bigs in any capacity again this year for yeah. any team. You just wait till he gets that engine going. Then it's like a snowball down the hill. Can you imagine if he, uh, if, if he pulled it together for some other team. <laughs> he like signs with like the twins and they turn it around and the Jays have to face him in a playoff game. Like, oh, fuck. oh God. That's I will bad. happily face Tanner Roar in a playoff game. <laughs> <laughs> signs with the Yanks. Don't me with a good time there, Tyler. <laughs> yeah. I uh, that's three up three down brought to you by twig and berries everyday clothing for the everyday caveman promo code nation 15 gets you 15% off. Uh, Coombs, you got this one written down and I saw the blue Jays nation Twitter account making some jokes. Uh, the Alex Anthopoulos Atlanta Braves going down to the Mark Shapiro blue Jays. Uh, those who relentlessly tweeted Shatkins over the last two years have to eat their words a little bit on this one, right? Yeah, that's it, right? Now this is a this is definitive proof that the uh, the Cleveland boys are better than the Toronto boys, right? That that's what this means. Any thoughts on that? Thoughts? Well, Anybody I tweeted that this? today. I said, yeah, they've they've got citizenship now. They are <laughs> that's what it was, yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's it's just a fun side note, right? I, I feel like just because I've always liked Shapiro and Atkins, it kind of paints this like, okay, I also liked AA, but I yeah. have to kind of lean into this like us versus versus AA kind of thing because of that dynamic and how hard some of the fan base has been um, on, on this regime up until now. So yeah, I mean, I, I got my jokes off this weekend on Twitter. I just, I went with it, but um, yeah, I mean, it's just nice to see regardless of who the opponent is, the Jays played well against a really good team and it makes for a storyline. I do think it's funny that Alex is always on Toronto radio. He always comes back even six years later. It's just, it always happens. Um, but yeah, it just makes for a fun note. Nice. I'm sure it feels good in, uh, one blue Jay way in the offices there. I feel, I think the front office feels yeah. pretty good. We'll get away. They, they, they have these games circled in the calendar. There's no doubt, but let the record show Anthopolis always willing to do Toronto radio, but ignored our request to come on our podcast. So, uh, Ooh. maybe and he's not, a little bit nervous supporting. that we would ask the hard questions. Yeah. He's scared that we're going to throw him some fastballs. <laughs> And we wouldn't be able to handle it, but I mean, yeah, like, like you said, like, I mean, it's, it's fun to create this little pretend rivalry, but yeah. let's be real here. Like none of us are cheering against AA. We all like AA. I mean, he gave us those runs. Yeah. Like, like yeah. we probably, we don't have those, of I mean, some like of the he, best years, some of the best moments in blue Jays yeah, history. Shapiro without, came here to tear it all down. Yeah. The Cleveland crew, the, the inside <laughs> job, they came in because they were jealous and they wanted to ruin Canadian baseball and nope. got the team so hard that they could put another team in Cleveland, the team in Canton or Columbus or something. <laughs> that was the long game for the crew and fire every Canadian that works for the organization. Ah. So uh, let's, let's dig into the minor league season a little bit here uh, while we got you BK. Uh, just kind of looking at the notes we got Manoa in Buffalo. That's the one I'm personally most excited about because that's a guy who you know, probably jumping up to the major league team at some point later on in the summer. Uh, is there anyone you look at in terms of the original assignments and going like, Hey, that's a guy I'm really keeping an eye on as we go through the first month of minor league, minor league ball. Yeah. Well, first of all, along the injury lines, uh, the blue Jays are real secretive for no reason about where the players are going. So shy to had released a list of some of the notable names and what levels they'll play at, but we don't have full rosters. A lot of the other teams in baseball have released their full minor league rosters for each level. Just still waiting on that. Apparently that's coming tomorrow, but uh, 
yeah, Manoa is very interesting. Like you said, that's, that's a super aggressive assignment. I mean, I think it points to the fact that if he's pitching well, there's a role for him on this team in the big league squad uh, sometime in summer. I did find Austin Martin and Jordan Groshans going to the same level. Um, interesting. So they're both going to be in double A, which pretty aggressive assignments as well. Um, but they're also going to be playing shortstop, both playing shortstop. So it seems like they will be sharing that position um, and then second base and third base. I'm guessing Martin sees second base and Groshans sees a lot of time at third base. Um, but yeah, interesting to see both those guys in the same level when they've said they want to keep both at shortstop. Where do you come out on that? Would you rather see an organization get more aggressive with where they're initially assigning prospects or would you go, no, keep them lower, let them build up confidence and then move them, move them up quicker instead of starting them higher. Like, where do you come out on that? Yeah, I, it's, it's situational. So I, like, I think with the weird thing about last year is we had the, the alternate site where there's a lot of SIM games going on and guys like Austin Martin. Yeah. He's never played a minor league game, but he was at the SIM site facing AAA caliber pitching. So despite not having any box score to his name as a minor leaguer and along with Groshans as well, they've seen good pitching last summer in a more unique setting. Um, so I, I think these assignments are fine. I, historically, the organization has been conservative, or at least this front office has been conservative with assignments. So it is th- that's why I think Alec Manoa, like you mentioned, is really intriguing because clearly they believe he fits in AAA and they're not rushing him, but they feel like that's a very legitimate spot for him to start. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of we, we know so little when it comes to this stuff that I just kind of defer to the experts and the t- decision makers. But, uh, but yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how he performs early on. The Fisher cats in general are going to be like a complete blast to follow. Hey, like, mm. so beyond Roshans and Austin Martin, you also have Gabe Moreno there too. Um, yeah. I'm not sure what they Did mean. Woods have. Richardson's double A. Yeah. Woods yeah. Richardson. Yeah. That's right. I knew they had one pitcher there. The Elvis Luciano's there too. That's a really mm. interesting random name. I that everyone's forgot. Kind of I can, yeah. yeah, I kind of forgot about Elvis Luciano. Uh, the Jays, yeah, they've they've kept him on the forty now for quite some time. So they clearly like they clearly believe in the guy. So that's an interesting one too. And then there's Vancouver, who's not really in Vancouver, unfortunately. It's like the Oregon Canadians, I think. Yeah, Buffalo's also playing. not in Buffalo, so nothing makes yeah, sense. Buffalo's not actually in, <laughs> none of these teams are playing in their actual places. Uh, you got Adam Kloffenstein, CJ Van Eek in vancouver those are another two interesting pitcher names to follow um kloffenstein's another like kind of under the radar arm in the system pitched quite well when he has pitched and again another guy we haven't seen pitch in forever and then there's dunedin who's now low a that has aralvis martinez miguel geraldo two prospects who could absolutely rocket up the charts this year if they do well especially aralvis who mm-hmm. in spring training this year looked ridiculously good and Yasver Zulueta at uh, in Dunedin, the uh, the unknown guy we, we we saw in spring training throwing 100 miles an hour, looking dominant. Oh right, um, yeah, interesting to see how he does as a as a starter uh, in Dunedin this year. So yeah, I mean, I'm just excited at minor league box scores back. We I missed yeah. that last year. I love checking that each night, just you know, looking through my phone and seeing how the the minor leaguers did. It'll be so great to have that back. And there's so many intriguing names uh, throughout the system. It's a really exciting year. Exciting time as a as a prospect junkie, I, I thoroughly enjoy that type of stuff. And I, I hate that I live in near Vancouver. So I hate that I don't get that opportunity to watch them this year in the first year in high A because that's a much higher caliber of ball than what Vancouver has had in the past. So a really cool opportunity for Western Canadians to watch good baseball in the future whenever Vancouver returns. Just a random question, but like how often would you get out to ball games? 
Uh, I went a couple times a year, so I would target players to watch. Uh, it sounds super lame, but like, I wouldn't be like, Hey, uh, next Saturday, I want to go to Vancouver Canadians game. I'd be like, okay, when is Nate Pearson pitching? When is Alec Manoa pitching? So I went and I would go and watch those guys when I'd have the opportunity. Um, it's a little different now. Now, like in, so before when it was short season, you'd get these like, you know, 30th round college guys going to Vancouver and just guys who weren't intriguing. The team as being high A is just always going to have uh, a handful of really interesting guys you can see on any given night. So um, I'll probably attempt to go to, you know, four or five a year moving forward, really looking forward to that. Yeah, it's, it's a good thing that they kept the team in Vancouver because I remember when they were doing the major or the minor league reshuffle, there was like quite a bit of uh, worry that because I remember there was a report that came out. Somebody said that the Canadians were going to become the uh, was it the double A team of the athletics or the single A team of the athletics? Yeah, single A team of athletics. Yeah, yeah I, baseball as a whole was trying to really regionalize all the systems. So they didn't want this like. Blue Jays having everybody Eastern time zone and then having this Western yeah. team. And that's it was pretty baseball. random for them, right? So, like, so yeah, it seems like a handful of people went to bat and fought for the Canadians to, to continue being a Jays affiliate. And they've been in a super successful affiliate. They pretty much sell out every game. What minor league team yeah. is like that, yeah. right? Like it's yeah. a full house all the time. That's another issue for me being able to go is just getting tickets, right? If I think, Oh yeah, Nate Pearson starting tonight, I want to go. Oh yeah. Like there's no possibility of getting tickets. So I, I can't just, think of that actually that brings me to another really really random thing and i and nobody nobody really talks about this but do you think i I've, I've actually thought for quite some time that vancouver if the mlb if major league baseball was going to come back to canada is more ideal than montreal it's way more ideal i think 100 percent. but i'm also from out west like all three of us are so mm-hmm. we're biased in that but, but you know I, they, they... i'm still of the mindset that like look it's maybe a lame example, but look at the Seattle games, man. Like the amount of Jays oh, yeah. fans who jump down from the border to go watch Mariners games. Like I'm from fucking Edmonton. Well, that's, that's, that's I've been flight, to Seattle right? like three yeah. times yeah. to watch Jays games. We, we fly through Vancouver when you go on those flights. Yeah. It's like, you know, you jump on the flight, Edmonton to Vancouver, half full of Jays jerseys. And then you get on the next flight that goes to Seattle and then it's full of Jays jerseys. And it's like, it's like the combination. I'm in Calgary, Vancouver that goes down to Seattle. And it's like, there's like 30,000 Jays fans that go to those games. Yeah, it's wild. It's, sick. I'm, it's, it's I'm, such a good experience. I'm, I'm probably a bit of an anomaly, but like talking to the guys I even work with at TSN, like if there was an MLB team or if there was MLB in, in Vancouver, I would probably be going, I'm not even exaggerating, four or five times this summer. Because oh, it'd be so easy to like Friday, you clock out from work at four o'clock and it's like hopping on a flight, going to watch the game Saturday, Sunday, flying yeah. back because the game on Sunday is probably early in the mo- or in the afternoon and you're home Sunday night after watching two games. Like, I do think it'd be more ideal. It won't happen in all likelihood, no. but I think it's more ideal they, than, they, than the Montreal. They had, they had um, I can't remember. I, I, I wrote about this like two or three years ago, but there was, um, there was somebody from an organization. It might've been involved with the Diamondbacks. Yeah, was yeah, yeah that was Arizona. I remember that. Right. Yeah. And they were coming to look at, um, they were looking at BC place and seeing if it was suitable. And then they were also looking at different plots of land to see if they could build something. Because I mean, obviously there's no, there's no like Bronfman group like there is in Montreal because there's obviously a lot of history with the Expos. And then there's just like the, like the, uh, the already, the, or, the thing already exists there, right? Like everyone, yeah. everyone knows that there was a baseball team. So let's bring it back. But with Vancouver, it's starting from scratch. Right. So it's a completely different thing, but you know, it, it just, to me, it makes a lot of sense, right? Just have one on the other side of the country. And then you kind of get East versus West in Canada rather than Toronto versus Montreal, which is yeah. kind of, kind of a weird thing for baseball. I think I, 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 
I'm personally of the mind that I'm not really sure if Montreal will work. It didn't work the first time for a reason. I don't know if it will work again. So I don't know, but that's me. And I'm also biased because like you guys, I'm from out there. Yeah, this is a this is a very odd Jays pod in the fact that all three of the people on it right now are from uh, from out west. Uh, let's let's dig into this series coming up here against Oakland. Oakland got off to an incredibly slow start, but then kicked it into high gear with the snap of their fingers, pretty much. Uh, BK, what are your thoughts sort of heading into this series here? Are you feeling good about? I mean, obviously you're feeling good about the Jays, but you like the chances of them coming out ahead here once again. I think the fact that we're going into it with. Uh, rotation after the bullpen games we just experienced the fact we're going into it with rotation albeit all left-handed but names that you can count on um, Anthony Kay you're unsure what you're going to get from him but at least he's a more traditional starter maybe you can get four innings four to five innings out of him and then outside of that Matt's Robbie Ray and Ryu returning so um, yeah I, I feel good about the pitching compared to what we just saw in the Braves game you've got starters you like um, Oakland Oakland can hit and Oakland's obviously playing hot, right? Best team in baseball since that first uh, week of, of the season when they when they started really rough. They've been very good since then. Um, Jesus Lazardo apparently just got placed on the DL because he broke a finger playing a video game. So we Ow. we miss we miss him. I, I he smacked it on a table. I don't know if How it was did he like do that. Oh, did he smack his video? controller and like a tantrum or something? Something like that. So he who broke was the guy who hurt themselves and they sneezed on a table. That's the story that I just read. Um, so I, I guess that takes a, you know, a noteworthy starter out of, uh, out of the equation for the A's. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good team and trips out West are traditionally not good to the Jays, even in Seattle, a lot of home fans, but they lose a lot of those games. So we'll, we'll see how this goes, but, uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully the bats stay hot and, and, uh, they can, yeah, uh, perform against whatever Oakland brings pitching wise. So who was the guy who hurt yeah, themselves who sneezing? Cause I'm thinking about that now. Because Bauer was the drone guy, obviously. The drone was stupid, but somebody has injured themselves. There was also a guy who hurt themselves. Oh, it was Dustin Penner who hurt himself eating pancakes. That was a hockey injury. Yeah, that was a hockey injury. That, that was, was funny. It sounds of, like a baseball injury, though. <laughs> yeah, but there was a guy, there was a, and then there was another guy who said they woke up having a dream about spiders or something and they hurt themselves, but it very It was Pilar. Was I just Googled it. Sneeze Pilar injures Kevin Pilar from March 15, 2015. That was in 2015? It also says in 2013 and Ricky Romero in 2019 or in 09 were hurt by sneezes while playing for Toronto. Maybe that's it's Romero. Insanely weird. Well, that's much weirder than breaking your hand playing a video game. That just means that he was like <laughs> freaking out playing a game. Some great baseball injuries out there. Slammed his hand on the table. I, I look at Oakland and I don't really get oh. why, they're, why they're good. Colby Rasmus, 2013, Colby Rasmus. suffered a strained left oblique checking a swing and made the injury worse with a waking sneeze a few days later. <laughs> Dude, oh. the allergies in Toronto, that's the problem. No. Oh, the allergies here are so bad. Fucking yeah, Paul. I have no idea. I'm going through like a nasal spray Flonase like every three days now. <laughs> and it's like, this sucks. Like I'm just shooting this thing all the time. Like, like I'm some kind of junkie and I'm just like, ooh. The allergies here are brutal. It's brutal. But uh, all right, uh, the, the lefty so heavy matchup. Nine thousand things on my mind right now. Yeah, lefty <laughs> heavy matchup. Does that concern you at all, or, or are you just kind of like eh, if the pitchers pitch well, they'll pitch well? Yeah, it is what it is. I, I don't think handedness matters all that much, honestly. Um, other than you know, Oakland, Oakland can hit lefties, but yeah, if the pitchers execute what they're going to do. Um, we've seen it. They they can perform against right-handed hitting. 
Um, and once you go to the bullpen, you're probably bringing in a, a line of righties anyways to, to offset whatever lineup Oakland puts out there. So, yeah, it's more about execution to me than, than worrying about handedness for the starters. Coomsy, what are you watching heading into this four-game set? So I kind of said a minute ago, I was like, I, I'm, I'm kind of confused as to why Oakland is good. And you mm-hmm. said they have this, this good lineup, but I'm looking at it, and there's only really one guy here that has an OPS that's even above, like, 800, and it's Matt Olson. I mean, like Matt Chapman's underperformed so far. Jed Lowry's still there. Elvis Andrews is hitting nothing. Um, Steven Piscotti's not hitting all too well. Mitch Moreland's their DH. And I'm like, this is a, this looks like a pretty bad lineup. I mean, their pitching's good. Their bullpen's stacked, even though they've lost Liam Hendricks. They still got a really good. They've got really a, good C, they've got a Toronto thing going on where they're just, they've got guys performing who aren't maybe noteworthy names or anything like that, but they're not pitching well out of the bullpen. Um, but yeah, the, they, the A's have hit lefties, but it's a small sample. So, I mean, what to what stock to put into that, I, I'm not sure it's all that relevant. Um, but they've hit lefties this year, so so we'll see. I mean, that's a matchup to watch for sure. So what do we expect? What are we expecting from this four games here? Two and two, three and one? I'm, and always, I'm always setting the bar low. So, like, to yeah. me, if they get a split, I'm happy. If, if they split it, I'm happy. Could they take three out of four? Well, fuck, I didn't think they were going to sweep the Braves. So, yeah, they could probably could take three out of four. But if they if they split it, I'm I'm more than okay with a split. Yeah, I'm happy with a split, too. I mean, that's cool. And then going to Houston, win that series. And then, you know, I think if you take – if that's your week there, you go two and two against Oakland, two and one against Houston, I think that's pretty good. I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah, that, that's – I mean, that's a great result for the team if they can come out above 500. Anytime they're going out west, to me, like 500 is satisfactory. Like, that's fine. Yeah. Survive the series, escape it, um, and and get back into your home ballpark and w- win some games. That's right. Before we wrap up this pod, let's talk start times because we have three straight 940 Eastern starts. Cam, you're in, you're in Toronto, Eastern time zone, but you're a night owl. Do you hate 940 starts or are you okay with this? Do you like it? Oh, no, I don't care. Like, it doesn't matter when it's on, it's on, it is what it is. Like, I'm used to it by now. I mean, I lived in Ireland for a year. <laughs> I watched, uh-huh. uh, I watched Jays games every night at midnight. And that was my, that was my routine. It was midnight till 3 a.m. I was up watching the Jays unless it was on the weekend. The Oilers, I stayed up for fucking playoff games at 3 a.m. Definitely not worth my time, but yeah. sometimes you, you just got to be loyal to the oil. And <laughs> that's what you got to do. <laughs> unfortunately but no this is this means nothing to me i don't care like <laughs> whatever it is what it is like i i kind of like a ball game on late at night it just gives you a little bit more time to get into a groove with your beverages so it doesn't really bother me <laughs> i also find like posting online for west coast series is good because everyone's in a wackier headspace it's like everyone's tired and late and loopy the west coast people are all really excited they're like oh the game's at the right time and then the east coast people are like Ooh, and then you know, everyone's a little bit more drunk. I find just West coast vibes. I like it. 640 for you, BK. Are you a fan? Like, do you like when you can, whatever gets settled down at 430 and watch a game or are you, are you like stoked for these West coast runs? No, I'm all in on the 430 start times for me. So those are great. The, the Dunedin starts that just got pushed back to being 730 local. Um, that's ideal for me. So 640, I just get to experience baseball through the lens of an East Coaster for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Sure, I'll watch the games. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I love that sweet spot of like get off work, Jay's game starting. That's yeah. that's kind of the dream. So that's why the mountain time zone is so good. It's so the mountain good. time zone. Best I will sport. never stand down from that take. That oh, is the that 100%. is the absolute best time zone to be a sports fan for everything. Like you even think about like Jay's games. 5 p.m. Jays games consistently, even a day like today, Sunday, where 
you wake up, whatever, you do whatever you need to do in the morning, and the Jays game starts at like 11. That's the fucking best, man. And BK, I think it's even better for you. Like, I'd love yeah. to have a Jays game start at 10 a.m. on Sunday. 10 a.m. baseball is great. Football season, 10 a.m. football start time. Oh, for all the games, I, love I can't it. wake up for that. That's too early. 10 a.m. is so early. 11 a.m., that's fine. But 10 for me, come on. I am a guy that like religiously gets drunk on Sundays to watch NFL football and like bets on football. I couldn't imagine being in the Eastern time zone when you have to wait to one one oh. o'clock to watch the first games like how do people function out there 8 30 prime time starts no that too yeah Doesn't work. that's the worst thing about being out east for sure is there's nothing on in the morning it's yeah. like i wake up and it's like you know i, I wouldn't want to wake up at 10 for a game that's hard that's that west coast thing's a bit much but like waking up and there being nothing on before noon like what am i what are we doing here it's weird it's weird yeah so that's the challenge of being out east so makes me a little homesick for my my lovely beautiful mountain time zone but alas real poor guy alas this is this this is this is the decision i've made for myself here i am struggling with allergies struggling with the time zone nothing's easy and struggling with the fact you moved to toronto for the one season when the blue jays aren't playing in toronto Uh, the life life choices of cam lewis let's hope september comes around and you know there's 10,000 fans in the stands, maybe I'll be one of them. I'll pay, I will pay a demented amount of money to be one of the people at the first games back. I will, I will dig into my savings. I'll dig into my, uh, my TFSA for that. We'll, uh, we'll do a live podcast of you at the ballpark. Just me so, crying. Bawling. Yeah. <laughs> if you saw the people, you saw the people on Twitter, the, uh, the people returning to Disney for the first time, just like, Oh God, just, you know, big Here's tears. The- that would, that'll be me at a baseball game, 100%. Emotional experience. Yes. Here's the thing. I mock the people who are going to Disney and crying because I'm like, God, you're like in Don't tears, emotional about Disney. But for me, I would be crying if I could go to a ball game with 10,000 Everyone, everyone right has now, their so. Disney World. It's all the same. Like uh, all three exactly. of us would be... Well, at least me and Tyler, I don't know, BK, you might be more of like an emotionally mature person than Tyler and I. You're a bit more of an adult. So Tyler and I would be crying our eyes out yeah. at our first Jays game. I don't know if you would be. Would you be? Oh, I'd be feeling it. Yeah, no, that would be, that would be something. I, first time it'd probably be Seattle. I'm guessing will be my next time going to a Jays game. And uh, yeah, that, that would be a special. Oh, the, the Jays fans invading Seattle post pandemic for the first time, all the Jays fans crying. No Canada. That'll be so, that'll be so good. Maybe I'll make my way out West for that. Mariners, too. Fr- Mariners fans also frequently crying, but for different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> crying because Jays fans are there and they're just like so angry about it. Just so mad, even though they're making like, 500 bucks a night on their B&Bs and selling season tickets and stuff. It's like, okay. All right. Now we've gone late. So let's wrap this bad boy up four against the A's and then three against the Astros. We'll be back to chat with you on Thursday night on blue Jays nation radio brought to you by twig and berries BK man. It's always fun to have you on the pod. Thanks for doing this. Absolutely. Thanks guys. Mr. Cameron Lewis, you enjoy these four ball games coming up. We'll talk again on Thursday. Oh, I will. Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio. Leave us a review. Leave us some comments if you don't mind as well. And make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any podcast recapping every Jays series throughout the season. For Brendan, Cam, I'm Tyler. Enjoy the week, Jays fans. We'll talk again on Thursday. Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? 
Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.